Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, something's going on over there, and I'm not sure what it is. I'll have to go check. Will Melbourne in here working this morning for Adam, who is out having fun. It, come in here. We're good. We fixed. Oh, wait, did you fix that? Okay, ne- well, next you need to come fix my... Yeah, I can't see him. Next you need to come fix my outlook. I got all kinds of messes going on this morning. So, thank goodness that's over. I can't respond. Uh, Mojo let me know that something was playing over me. Oh, what a start we're off to this morning, huh? And I also cannot respond to emails. I can read them. And I can hit reply, and then once I'm done with that, I got nothing. The keyboard won't work. Now, the keyboard works in other instances, but not in anything beyond that. Let's see. Oh, yeah, wow. Okay, I know Will's back in there. I'm gonna, he's got his camera turned off in there for some reason. I'm going to find out why. See what the heck he's up to. Sneaky Pete over there. Who knows? Will Melbourne had a had an issue at home that kept him out a couple of days. At least one day, I think it was this week. He had to sit there and watch repair people come into his apartment. That's always exciting. I've got somebody coming to my house on Monday. I've got somebody coming next Friday. I think it is. Maybe not. I may have to cancel that one. I got stuff to do. <sighs> I'm going to be on vacation too, by the way, in case you wondered. Yes, I am going to finally take some vacation. I think I'm going to end the year with about 12 days on the table that I could have taken. But honestly, it's just... I. Like I said yesterday, I enjoy doing what I'm doing. Let's let's get back to this fog stuff, though. The the good of fog is, especially when we had a million waterfowl on the on the coastal prairie, actually about a million and a half. It was great when there's a top on it, but if there's no top on the fog, then all the good goes away because the birds just fly on top of it. Especially geese, ducks will kind of sit down a lot in in, in most any fog. They're not really sure what they want to do. The geese would get up and come off the roost on a, on a ground fog day, and all the hunters are out there. They don't know any better. The the people who would come out once or twice a season, they just heard that goose hunting in the fog is off, awesome, just off the charts. And then they get out there, and they hear geese flying over, and they can't understand why they're not just walking into the spread. Well, it's because they can see through that stuff from up on top of it pretty well, well enough at least to understand where they are, and what they're flying over and where they're trying to get. So they just get up on top of it. And you can call and call till your tongue goes through that little tube. And they're not going to come through it most days. Some days, you know, some days chicken, some days feathers. But man, when there's a top on that stuff and the actual fog is not super thick on the ground, maybe you got a 75, 100 yards of visibility on the ground and you've got a little bit less even as you get up higher, gets a little thicker up higher. They will get down under that stuff and fly around almost in range. And it's uh, those were some of the most memorable hunts. You'd hear these birds coming. You could hear their wing beats in the fog. Sometimes they would be like World War II submarines and just rig for silent running. And at the, 
it it was almost as if they all knew that they were coming through, uh, we'll call it hostile territory, and they would just shut up every now and then you'd hear one of those little murmurs that like that. But that's all you'd hear, that and the wing beats. Fun stuff, really was. It brings back a ton of memories. Uh, a million hunts on the Katy Prairie in the fog, a bunch of them down in Sealy. I distinctly remember at least one hunt, and we probably did it a dozen times, down going down to Sealy, where the fog was so thick that you absolutely... that One time, there was one guy assigned to look through the windshield forward. That was the driver, and that was me. And I had my co-pilot up there, a younger guide who was with us, whose job it was to crack the door on his side and make sure that I was just left of the white line that signified the edge of the freeway. And we and I think it was three other cars in tow behind us of hunters made it from from Katy to Sealy and probably took us about an hour and a half but we made it without bumping into anything and without anything else bumping us. And virtually no cars passed us, and we passed no cars. It was just, you could see the legit visibility was maybe without lights, maybe six feet, ten feet. That was about it. It was just as thick as I've ever seen it. I've had other other instances out there. Feel free to sign in and and. Uh, Call or write and let me know what's what's the most unusual thing that's happened to you in the fog. Let me go. There's my other mouse. There it is. What's up, Brandon? Oh, damn it. Doug, are you there? <laughs> yes, I'm here. Don't curse like that. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, happy Thanksgiving Day. Thank or, you. Well, it's coming. It's Thanksgiving week. Coming. We'll go with that. Happy Thanksgiving yeah, week. Appreciate um, it. Uh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? You know, I'm going to eat until I burst, I think. <laughs> um, that's what I'm going to do until I have to unbutton my pants. <laughs> Are <laughs> you going to watch um, Thanksgiving football? A little bit, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not addicted to Thanksgiving football. I won't just sit there and stare at the TV all day, but I'll, I'll sneak a peek, I'm sure. Who's going to win? I have no earthly idea. Don't come to me for your gambling information, Brandon. I don't know. Uh, who's playing who's <laughs> Thanksgiving? I'm, I'm sure Dallas is playing. They'll, I think the Bears play, don't they, on Thanksgiving? I don't remember exactly. There'll be football all day, though. I know that. It will be pretty much from early in the morning till the time we all just let our heads plop down on the pillow. Is, um, I don't know, is Texans going to be playing Thanksgiving Day? I don't think they play Thanksgiving Day. I believe they're, they, they play today, and then I think they play next Sunday as well. Uh, but I don't think they play on Thursday, no. They need to. They, they ought to keep rolling. They're, they're, while they're, you got to strike while the iron's hot, and they are red hot playing far better than anybody thought there. they would. Were you there? Uh, last Wednesday, my mom got tickets. Nice. They they won. They beat them. Um, yes, indeed. Um, I forgot the team that was. Team that scored the fewest points. That's who they beat every time. How about that? Intercepted. Yeah, that it was, was good. Interception. I do I remember that. Ha- I was not happy with Yard's game yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. How come? Garrett got beat. Yeah. Yeah, that happened sometimes. I was like, 
Man, what happened? We don't know. We're reading. And then we're not. No, they not. They not. Yep. Hey, I got to run, Brandon. I got to go take this break, buddy. All right. All right, man. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too. I will. Okay, man. Adios. All right. Let's go ahead and take this first break on time. I'm going to lead off. Boy, you talk about coming out strong. Big Easy Ranch is, it it covers 2,000 acres, plus or minus one. I get plus or minus a football field. I don't know. Uh, Out there west of of Sealy, a little ways, go to Columbus on I 10, okay? Go to Columbus, hang a north. Go up 71 like you're going to Austin, but you know better, so you don't go that far. You just go a few miles up 71, then you come back east on a beautiful winding road, and then just when you think you just can't stand the anticipation anymore, you will be at Big Easy Ranch. They've got all the shooting sports there. They've got Great, uh, tremendous whitetail hunting. This is a members-only club, by the way, so you have to be a member to do all this stuff. They've got shooting sports, the big game hunting, a lot of exotic animals out there, all the way up to giant red stags from over in New Zealand. They have a great variety of bird hunting available. They have a great variety of fishing available, and when it finally gets cold enough, I talked to Billy Brown, the guy who owns the place. He's going to stock some big rainbow trout in the little streams they've got meandering through that property. Beautiful, beautiful place. And now, well, plus the golf. I didn't even mention the golf. Holy cow. There's a beautiful nine-hole course, and then there is the Covey, which is a championship-quality 18-hole golf course that I'm confident is going to hold some it's going to host some major events here before too long just let it get settled in a little bit let it let it develop its personality and then it's going to be a a a cherished venue for big events right now they're offering one acre estate lots overlooking that nine hole par three course now not so close that you're going to have golf balls coming through the kitchen window just close enough to where you can you can go. Imagine a year from now, if you become a member and you buy one of these lots and you build a house on it, a year from now, you could be sitting on the back porch, got your feet propped up, having a nice sip of coffee, what, listening to the show and watching big bucks and, and you know, who knows what's going to wander through the yard. Axis deer, fallow deer, psycho deer, black buck antelope. Maybe one of those red stags come sliding by. They tend to hang out together. They might. If they come, they're, they're going to be two dozen of them. BigEasyRanch.com. It's ranch life without the living or ranch living. Holy cow. Ranch life without the heavy lifting. Oh, my gosh. I'm just, I had my head just tilted back and I'm envisioning myself out there. It, mm, that, that didn't work out well for me, but it'll work out well for you. You go visit Big Easy Ranch. They've also got fine dining and a, a trem- just as good as anything in the city of Houston on the dining room table in there. BigEasyRanch.com. BigEasyRanch.com. Seven. Nine. This is Sports Talk 790. Houston Sports Online at Sports790.com. Back. Back to the Doug Pike Show. Eight twenty one on Sports Talk seven ninety, the Doug Pike Show. Thank you for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. Lordy mercy, Will and I have all kinds of issues this morning. Technology is 
Not our friend. However, the phones are working, and my email works. I can see the emails that are coming in, but I can't respond to them, and I don't know why, and I don't really care. I'll figure it out. Okay, holding longest is Rick, and then Dave, hang on. I'll get to you, buddy. Hello. What's up? Hey, can you hear me, Douglas? I hear you just fine. Okay, partner. You you called you called Monday first thing this morning when you said chicken and feathers. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I've been here right where I'm sitting almost. I, I've been here since Tuesday this time of day, and I've decided I'm going to shoot a deer. Oh, oh, here we go. What'd you find? I hadn't shot one in a long time because yeah. I'm just not that mad at him no more. But this one needs to be shot, and he's he's something that's he's special. I'll put it that way. Okay. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to shoot him, and Peyton's going to fly in Wednesday, so I can shoot him today. I'll, I'll quarter him, mm-hmm. get him on ice, get him brined. I'll brine for about three or four days, and when Peyton gets here, uh, I can welcome him home to deboning him and getting all that sure. done. So yesterday, I was trying to decide if this is really what I wanted to do. Well, I had this thing sitting here chasing deer within t- 20 feet of me. Oh, in my, my word. Oh, God. You could have lassoed him, there, You know, I had 50 yard, 100, 200, 300 yard shots at him for sure. an hour. Oh, my gosh. And he's good. He's good. He's yep. 140 class. Okay. He ain't here today. He's been here every day <laughs> since Tuesday, and I got it all logged. Seven twenty-seven, eight nineteen. Now he may show up. I'm gonna sit here till twelve o'clock. Oh my goodness! It's been a funny. little foggy, a little cool. The wind just switched oh, right so out funny. of the dead east. He's probably half but a county anyway, away, man. He's probably two <laughs> counties over, man, Easy. the way he's running. But he has been extremely consistent. I have two feeders right here. Yeah, right up to the time and, he's not consistent. <laughs> and, you know, he's not interested in the mm. feeders, but the okay. deer run to the feeders, the dose, and he'll go to them. Or you. he'll just start chasing them around. And he does not pay. I, I, he could hear, I bet he could hear you and me talking yesterday. Oh, I didn't word. say nothing. Wow. Well, maybe I did say something to you. But anyway. Um, All right. Good that's, luck. That's, that's my goodbye Thanksgiving story. I'll have to tell you how this turns yeah, out. Yeah, well, I'll see uh, pictures, I hope. If you get a shot at him and, and take him down, let me see the pictures, man. I'm, I'll, I'll get him eventually. You right. you are going to be uh, the best uh, for all next week, huh? Uh, yes, sir. I am. I am. Well, you have a. I know you deserve the rest and time with your family, Doug. I appreciate well, you, and, and you have a safe and blessed uh, yes, Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. You too, Rick. And, uh, for real, man. You know be that. Careful. I will. Oh, uh, that. Yeah, I, I will. You, you too. Later. Don't let that buck run over you, man. He ain't gonna run over me. <laughs> All right. I see you. Adios, right, man. Bye bye. Oh Lordy, what's up, Dave? The way he drives around, man, he's liable to have one run in front of him. Yeah, yeah. If it, if, I tell you what, if I had to take a vote on which listener was likely to have a deer slam into his grill, 
Uh, yeah, it might be Rick. He puts on enough miles, that's for sure. Most of mine are daytime miles, so I, I, I could see yes, a deer popping out probably. Except in the rut. That's something that I'm glad you kind of brought that up because this time of year, when those deer are in rut like that and they're running all over, they can't. They got blinders on, man. The only thing they're looking at is that little white tail running away from in front of them. And if they got to cross a highway to get to her, they're going to do that and just be watchful when you're out driving around the countryside. Hey, you know, that's like the blinders on a horse, you know, to keep mm-hmm. them looking focused. Yeah. 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 Hey, yeah. A bit, hey, real quick, man, Thanksgiving feast with friends Thursday at American Legion Post 560. So uh, we'd like to invite, all, you know, all our veterans out there at 3720 Alba Road. You know, we're okay. going to have uh, turkey and ham. And uh, it says, please bring a side dish, dressing and casserole. I'm going to bring some uh, dessert, you know. So yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And we'll get over there. Skip right over those vegetables, man. Uh, no. Hey, and I'll tell you what. You know, uh, I was up there last night, and uh, it was the David Pierce band playing up there. Them boys, I, about I, I put it on my Facebook page. Them boys were good, man. But it's not the David Pierce that's the uh, baseball coach for the Longhorns uh, college team, because mm. that's uh, Gary's brother-in-law. Okay. Yeah, and I went to school. Yeah, but it's a different David Pierce. I Them you. boys, man, I'll tell you what. They can they, do it, We huh? had a good time. Yeah. Yes, sir. I mean, they actually uh, had me come up and play a song with him, man. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> like, well, all right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, but anyway. All hey, right. You know. You know how much we uh, appreciate all our veterans, and I want to. I wanted to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, okay. and God bless, God keep us, God bless America. You got it. Thank you, Dave. I'll see you, yes, buddy. Sir. Adios. All right. Let me go get Brandon before we got to get off this segment here. What's up, Brandon? Good morning, Mister Pike. Good morning. Hey, uh, I've got a question. Uh, I live very close to Eagle Lake. I'm, uh, you know, right here in Wharton, about a yeah. Right in the middle of Wharton County, and I, I go through the prairies. I know every back road. What happened to the geese? We don't have any geese now. Ducks, no problem. Yeah. But no, no. I mean, I have yet. This area used to be covered up, and I would just oh, want to yeah. ask your expertise on what what have the flyways changed? Things changed? I don't know. I'm asking. Agricul- agriculture and development changed everything. When when the cost okay. of rice when the price of rice went down. And nobody was putting out rice anymore, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. You, you can still, if you drive far enough and long enough on the prairies on both sides of town, you'll find some rice, but you won't find it like mm-hmm. it used to be. And that was no, that was like that was like Snickers bars or, or Reese's Pieces for geese. They loved that stuff. It wasn't the most nutritious thing they ate, but they loved it. And they came down mm-hmm. here and they stayed. And we had plenty of places to roost for them. We had. Plenty of interest in the the hunting of those geese, so we really babysat them. And then a couple of things started happening. The price of rice goes down. You're not growing as much rice. You've got farmers who have been, or like third-generation farmers who now have four kids who all live in the city and don't want that farm when mom and dad pass away. So they split it up and make it into neighborhoods. And it just goes on and on from there. And then the... The the cherry on this Sunday that got the geese out of here was that all these places farther north of here, Arkansas especially, they they started babysitting those geese and just laying out a red carpet for them, making sure there was nice plenty of right or plenty of roost water, 
plenty of rice being mm-hmm. grown up there now. And the mm-hmm. geese said, huh, we're not flying that extra 500 miles. We're just going to stay right here. And that's what they're mm. doing. That's what well, that's very doing. interesting. It's, it, I mean, it's hard to see around here. I mean, it's oh, yeah. kind of depressing. I mean, it really is. I and all the reason all I brought it up is because I listened to you about going to Sealy, and I mean, it's it's it, it's not even close to the same. Oh, no. No, no, no. There, it's probably maybe 2%. Two, yes, not sir. 20, but maybe 2% of the geese that were on that prairie. On any given morning, back when I was guiding out there, Brandon, on any given morning, you could you be out there and you could you could kind of hear the murmurs of geese moving here and there a little bit. And as the sun would start to to creep up close to the horizon, and you get a little light, you'd see these birds start pulling off of, of a big roost over to the east of you, maybe two miles away, and it just it would just black the sky. And you, man, that's a lot of geese on this prairie this morning. And then over to the northwest, there'd be just as many coming up. And then down to the south and over to the east, and there'd be eight or ten of these giant concentrations of geese getting up and starting to move around. And it was just, it was breathtaking. It really was. And I'm so glad oh. I got to do it. But I'm afraid my son. Oh, it, it, it was beautiful, and what? now it's just it's it's depressing. Yeah, yeah I mean just, it really is. Yeah, yeah, three flights of ducks and and six speckle bellies flying around, and that's it. Yes, sir. It's it, tough, it is. It's good, terrible. You do bring All up right. a good point, though. The duck hunting is good. Yeah, I'm going to run, but thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you, man. All right, you too. Thank All you. Right. Adios. Yeah, I got to take this break, but there there is. He hit the nail on the head. There's plenty of ducks around here. And I, and I see pictures a lot from places that I used to hunt that are still productive even now, even though there's just virtually no geese. And, and God, it just saddens me so like it does anybody who was out there. Anybody who was out there back when we were, yeah, we're, it was a sight. Geese, I actually heard some geese yesterday in the sky, by the way. It just very faint right at dusk out there i was playing golf and i could hear him and maybe or maybe not catching bass in the middle of all that too i get the combo platter out there i got to go out by myself in the afternoons and i'll play two or three holes and then i'll fish and then i'll go play two or three more holes and i'll fish and i'll play 17 and 18 sometimes i skip 17 because it's very difficult and mm, yeah it's just it's a downer sometimes if i'm not really striking the ball well the boat yard if you are looking for a new or a pre-owned boat either one they have a nice selection down there at the boat yard they've gotten in new inventory and boy does it look good driving down 518 when you start paying i'll take that one 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 plenty of boats everything from little case gifts that you can help actually they build those on site so you can have a hand in customizing the interior of that boat if you want to get that involved or they can just surprise you with something gorgeous when you come pick it up they have tohatsu outboards down there to 250 horsepower tohatsu a a worldwide brand making great inroads into the us of a these last few years and they were they were available when nothing else was back during the pandemic and that's how they got the foot in the door and now they're they're becoming better known every time the boat yard straps one on the back of a boat they have trolling motors they have power poles they have all the electronics you can imagine to find those fish hiding under your boat. They've got light systems and sound systems and all of these different things you can put on the boat to make your boat a floating disco, if you'd like. One thing they're going to do for you that 
that they do as well as anybody else and probably better is solve little tweaks and and twi- if you want a you want a trolling motor in a specific spot on your boat or you want your electronics set up in a specific way and somebody else has told you no that won't work just take it to the boatyard mark will take care of it he's out in the service department eaglesboatyard.com is the website go there check it out eaglesboatyard.com step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. We are Sports Talk 790. Are you ready? Listen online at sports790.com. Now, more Doug Pike. On Sports Talk 790, the Doug Pike Show. Thanks for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. Let me turn this up a little bit here. There, that's better. I think, well, Will, I got this camera where I can see into the studio, but it's not live. So, because it shows you not being there. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess you're there. What a train wreck. Now, you know what? You know what I just lost? Oh, there you, I just saw your head. Hold on, I gotta get this back up here. That is so creepy. Oh, I know where it is now, though. There you are, right there. Up, oh, yep, I can see the top of your head, but that's all. This is so messed up. This is just so messed up. I'm gonna go back to the phone screen. That's more entertaining. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com on this Sunday before. Sunday before Thanksgiving, and it's it's always quiet on this weekend uh, before a major holiday like this. It'll be the same thing on the weekend before Christmas and the weekend after Christmas, because so much of these audiences, and, 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 oh man, and I don't blame you, I don't blame you for being out at all. If you've got to take off and go duck hunting or deer hunting or goose hunting or quail hunting or whatever, hunting or fishing, I, 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 more power to you. Go out. God bless you. Enjoy yourselves. And I'm going to be right on your heels. I'll either be in front of you or behind you, depending on when you're leaving. But I've got a couple of things. I've got a couple of irons in the fire, as they say. And uh, I, in fact, I just got an invitation yesterday to go do some fun stuff. And I really hope I get to go take care of it. I'm trying to get my son as many fun things before he has to go in and get his other knee fixed by a, a very good local surgeon here and um the the interesting thing is you know i don't know what this guy's hourly rate would be but <clears throat> i do know that and, and he's i'm i'm not arguing about it at all whatever it is because he's one of the best in the business but he told me oh yeah this is it's not going to take long once i get in the room i'll be there 20 minutes 
And and that's I was kind of laughing with him a little bit about that statement because a, a good friend of mine, Sam Caldwell, I remember one of the answers he gave somebody, and I don't know whether it was his answer originally or maybe he had borrowed it from someone else uh, in his profession as an artist. Sam, Sam, one of the best watercolor artists there ever will be, as far as I'm concerned. He's, he's really, really good with a paintbrush. And somebody asked him one time at a show how long it takes to paint one of his paintings. And his answer was just absolutely brilliant. So that about four hours and 20 years. And that just, that sums it up perfectly. I was talking to somebody about, somebody else about that statement the other day. And the, the beauty of watching professional athletes, watching professional artists, singers, dancers, anybody, actors who is at the top of their craft. The people who are the best of the best, the goats, if you will. I don't like that little expression, greatest of all time, the goat. Uh, we've got to come up with another animal acronym that is more befitting someone who is at the top of their game and not, if you throw them into the wild, just another prey animal trying to dodge mountain lions and wolves. In any event, these people make it look so easy. They make it look so effortless. Professional golfers come to mind. I, I talked about that yesterday, how their swings just look effortless and their consistency is just beyond our scope. But it didn't happen overnight. And I, I do believe there are people born with God-given talent. It's in their DNA from the time they're born. They are, they are potentially capable of doing a lot. But unless they develop those skills and hone those skills and practice those skills, they may never reach their potential. A lot of people are satisfied just to be pretty good. They're, they're okay with that. And that's, I understand that too. Sometimes there are reasons why someone can't practice. But what frustrates me, and it did as a baseball coach, what frustrates me is watching some of these kids who have just a world of potential, but just no desire. They don't want to put in extra work. They'd rather play a video game. They'd rather go hang out with their buddies or whatever. And instead of possibly becoming a goat someday, they just, they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. They, they get their high school letter and then just go on to be whatever they be. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. I saw that a lot with competitive shooting. There were some guys out there when I was doing that who probably could have been really, really like shooting the Olympics good, but they had no desire whatsoever to put in the 100, 200 rounds a day uh, leading up to competitions that they would have to, to to be truly competitive at that level. It's, it's the same bass fishing, anything else. If you want to be a professional at something, um, you want to be a golfer, you want to be a... And I know there's a lot of younger kids now growing up with the potential to become collegiate scholarship bass fishermen. Those three things would never have been said in the same sentence 20, 30 years ago. But that's a real thing now. And if these kids want to do it, They've got to learn to be professionals and learn what that means. 
doesn't mean you just go out every now and then and, and somebody puts you on a giant bass and you think you're a pro. A lot of work involved in anything. Anything that looks really easy isn't probably. It's just that that person put, put in all the work. Oh, boy, did I get off on a little soapbox. I'm sorry. American Shooting Centers, I think, is open now. And if it's not, it will be in 14, 15 minutes. And from from jump, when you get out there, you will see that Ed Arigi, the guy who's owned this place now for several years, has made some tremendous, tremendous improvements. There's a guy who is really detail-oriented, doesn't mind working for a living. He's out there all the time. Every time I go out there... Is that around? Yeah, he's he's back in his office right now. No, he's out on the range right now. He's over at Trap and Skeet. He's over at Sporting Clays. He's on the he's on the five stand course over by Sporting. He's always on that property somewhere, riding around, trying to make sure everybody is safe and having a good time at this what he calls an amusement park for shooting enthusiasts. American Shooting Centers is the largest non military shooting facility in the entire state of Texas, and we have a lot of them. We have a lot of them. This is the biggest one. Three sporting clays courses. I think it's 10 trap and skeet fields. They've got five stand setups all over the property. They've got rifle and pistol from five yards. That's your home defense stuff out to 600 yards. All of that, all of that waiting for you. And if you're not hitting enough targets, if you're not popping enough bullseyes with that rifle of yours, get some instruction for heaven's sakes. Get started toward becoming a better shot. You will enjoy your hunting experiences more. You will enjoy the fundraising sporting clay shoots more if you actually are hitting some targets and not just making noise. American Shooting Centers is on Westheimer Parkway between Katy and Highway 6. Very simple to find if you're on that side of town. Uh, if you get about halfway through there, just roll down your windows and listen. You'll hear the fun being had at American Shooting Centers. Check them out online, americanshootingcenters.com. That's americanshootingcenters.com. Your Rockets and Astros live here. We are Sports Talk 790. The conversation continues. This is the Doug Pike Show. like I'm in a jazz club. I'm going to put on a beret and sip a martini with my pinky finger out. Who is that, Will? Gosh, what have you done? Will. Okay, that's what I thought. But what was... I didn't didn't recognize that little... That early vocal right there where the guy was talking. I thought it started out differently than that. Is that the law? Is that the disco version or something? Probably. I don't I don't know where you drum this stuff up. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. I feel very much at a disadvantage since I can't see you, but you can see me. Because I don't even know if you're in there really right now. You might just have a headset on and be walking around the studio or something. Wouldn't it, though? I, I, I'm thinking about trying to broadcast from home next year. I really am because it would just, it would give me so much more time in the mornings. And it's not that I, don't, I mind coming in here. I'm old school. I'm an old person, and I'm used to coming to work to go to work. Well, the working from home thing, I don't know how well or not it would work out because 
Well, first of all, I don't want to wake up everybody in the house, and I tend to speak pretty loudly when I'm in here. My wife reminds me every time I come through the door after doing a show to kind of bring it back down to home volume. Maybe, I, I don't know. Do I talk loudly? You think, okay. 713, I get excited. 713-212-5790. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. Rick Bice sent me a photograph of that deer he's thinking about shooting. I guess that's the same one. And what I can see in the photograph, I'm going to open it up again and try to, let me lean in, lean in. What I can see in this photograph is three cedar trees, an iron fence, and a bunch of scrub brush. And then in the background, in light fog, I probably got 400 yards of visibility, in light fog, I can see more cedar trees and more scrub brush and no other fences. And then beyond that, it's just fog. There's about three layers of trees here. And they're probably 200 yards between each layer, maybe three. I can't see a deer in this picture, Rick, to save my soul. Unless, unless what I think is the deer is lying down, maybe. No, that look, now that I'm looking closer, it looks just more like that's just brush I'm looking at. I can't find this deer's antlers. I don't know where he is. But I bet he's a good one. And he, Rick tells me he's left of the middle cedar tree. Left of the middle cedar tree. And I don't know whether it's left in the photograph or left over the... Yeah. Well, no, I'm presuming it's left in the photograph, looking at the tree, the left side of the tree, looking forward at it, not looking out from it. So... I have no idea where that deer is, and I'm pretty good at spotting deer. Darn. Unless I'm missing a cedar tree somewhere, which I'm not. I might have to turn up the brightness on this thing. Maybe I can see it better then. All right, let's talk about oh, – I'll go back to the fog stuff because it's kind of fun, and I would love to hear from somebody who's had a, either an embarrassing experience or a close call experience, animals walking up to you in the fog. I've had that happen a couple of times. I'm – walking to deer stands early, early, early and being really, really quiet and me walking one way and something else walking another way on a trail or on a road. And it's it's spooky. It's really, really, I don't care how, how Davy Crockett you are. If you're walking on a road in the dark, in dense fog where the visibility is virtually zero, and you hear something else walking toward you, your instinct is correct to freeze. But if you freeze and that something turns out to be, I don't know, a mountain lion. I think a mountain lion would be quiet enough unless it just accidentally kicked a twig or something or kicked a rock. But if it's a predator that sneaks up on you, you might have your hands full. Most of the times that's ever happened to me, a couple of times, whatever it was, finally got wind of me or got or, or heard me or whatever but long before it could see me, and you just hear it dart off into the brush. That's probably a deer, maybe a rabbit, something like that. I think if you, you accidentally snuck up on a grizzly bear, the grizzly bear would go, oh, and just hit you first and then, then sort it out. But it really, it's, it's uneasy. It makes you very uneasy to not know what's walking toward you. 
It's, it's kind of it's more fun when you're already up in the box and you know you're nice and safe and sound from anything on the ground. Nothing's going to sneak up on you there. Nothing on four legs anyway. Either four legs or no legs. Even most of the snakes will stay out of tree stands or out of uh, box blinds because it's just, I guess it's inconvenient for them to go up the ladder and they don't know what they're going to find when they get there anyway. Boy, that's kind of fun, though, sitting in a deer stand and li just listening. You can't see anything. You might as well just close your eyes. You can't see anything. You're trying to squint and see through the fog, but that doesn't work. And then you hear something out there. And it sounds like it sounds like a, an elephant knocking over uh, a tree, and then the fog lifts, and it's it's a squirrel chewing an acorn. The, the all the sound is so intensified when it's foggy, and that just makes it all the more fun to be out there. Every there's almost no morning that I can remember, except for some that just turned out super rainy. But there's just almost no morning I can remember anywhere on any hunting or fishing trip that i would say was just ho-hum there's always something if you look for it there's always something chris martin i think it was posted a picture or a video uh i guess it was it went up yesterday maybe i hadn't seen it until this morning of uh, a bottlenose dolphin flipping at a, i just looked at it once and kept going i think it was about a probably a three pound flounder maybe just flipped it right up in the air you don't get to see that if you're still in bed at sunrise. You don't get to see that if you're in the mall or if you're at the bowling alley or wherever. You've got to go outside, and you'll see stuff like that, and it will amaze you. Maybe this Thanksgiving, just maybe this Thanksgiving week, you and somebody else who hasn't spent a lot of time outdoors can at least just drive down to Brazos Bend State Park and walk around in the woods for a while. It's, it's a relatively safe endeavor this time of year. You're going to see all kinds of different animals. Boy, and if you've never seen an alligator, that's your chance. That's, that place has probably more, more per acre. It's, it's like a good deer herd down there. They all love that place. I saw one at the golf course yesterday that I haven't seen before. One of the biggest ones I've seen down there in quite a while it looked like a barge moving up the intercoastal. It was just pushing water off that big nose of it. And, and it's probably, it's not the biggest I've ever seen down there, certainly. I know, Will. Oh, my gosh. Hold the phone. I know I'm good. <laughs> now that he's figured out he can talk in my ear, that's all he wants to do. What else you got, Will? Go wide open. Are you talking now? Are you talking to everybody? If you're going to talk to me, you got to talk to the class. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can everybody else uh, hear you? Well, I just want to let people know that it's uh, it's almost <laughs> There's time 30 seconds left. <laughs> oh, I'm going to I'm going to really break the rules and and go out early then for you. How's that? This alligator, I'll 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 be the spoiler. It's about I don't know, about probably 9 to 9 to 10 feet. I don't know that it's 11, but it sure as heck is longer than 8 feet. Let's just leave it with that. We'll take a little break. We'll be right back. This Thanksgiving pre-holiday edition of the Doug Pike Show on Sports. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fuck, 790. This is the Doug Pike Show. Brought to you by American Shooting Centers, the largest non-military shooting facility in Texas. And by Carter's Country, guns, ammo, and hunting stuff for more than 60 years. Now, here's Doug Pike. Handsome I've escaped. Oh, mercy. All right, I'm back. Had to go get fresh coffee. The cupboard, the cup was bare. Oh, well, not anymore. 713-212-5790. Email me, dougpike at iheartmedia.com. Good news on the tropical front, nothing. It's finally back to that, my favorite phrase, tropical cyclone activity is not expected during the next 48 hours. Yay! I always like to see that. We had some little X's here and there earlier in the week, but they have all fizzled and and just run out of gas and nothing to see. And hopefully, hopefully nothing until what next, at least next May, maybe June. That would be nice. We, we fared really well. The entire Gulf Coast fared really well overall, considering how some summers have gone and I'm glad for everybody who made it through. Anybody who had to deal with storm weather over in Florida, they had some issues. Anybody who had to go through that, I'm really sorry because I know what it's like. I've been through, I don't know, a dozen of these things in my lifetime. And it's it's never any fun. There's just this tremendous level of anxiety. You don't know what's going to happen. Ike and Harvey come up in my head. Allison was horrific. Um I go back farther than that to some storms way back when. I wasn't around for the one at the turn of the 20th century in Galveston. But since then, I've, I've lived through my share. And I've seen damage in other parts of the country. I did a lot of traveling uh, throughout my time at the newspaper, going east a lot for golf tournaments or, or golf outings, if you will, and for just various, a lot of fishing trips over that way. And got to fly into places that had been just ravaged by storms over there. Uh, I can't remember the name of the hurricane that went across Florida many, many years ago. But as we were flying across the state to get into West Palm Beach Airport, or La- no, we were going into Lauderdale. And it, I, I was looking at the state below me, and I, I'd been to Florida probably 50 times, I don't know. I, I love it down there. And and, and all for fun. And it, remi- it looked as though someone had taken a giant chain, a very long, very large chain, and stretched it between two very large earth movers or bulldozers or whatever, and 
spread them out a few miles and then just drag the whole chain across the state. Everything was just wiped out. There weren't any trees standing. There, there were no buildings standing for probably four minutes of commercial airliner flight across Florida, across South Florida. And it, I was just stunned. I'd, I'd seen some bad stuff, and I'd never seen that. And then we got Ike here, and wow, wow, look at the Bolivar Peninsula. Remember what happened there? There was only one house standing where hundreds had been before that storm hit. So we got through that. That's good. And now we're into, well, even beyond mid-November now by a couple of days. Let me go to this golf I have up here, the RSM Classic 23 version. RSM over there at St. Simons Island in Georgia. Beautiful golf course. I watched some of the play yesterday. Ludwig Aberg is refuses to relinquish any ground to anybody chasing him. And boy, there were some chasers yesterday. This course, I've, I've never played that course. And I don't know how they've set up, but it just from looking at the scores from yesterday, it would it would make me think that maybe they had, I don't know, replaced the the standard holes with with buckets, perhaps. Just dug a big old hole in the ground, just make one scoop with a a, a front end loader and just put a flag in it because those guys were just knocking it out. Aberg, who still leads by one shot at 20 under par through three rounds. He's being followed by Eric Cole at 19 and then Mackenzie Hughes at 18. Tyler Duncan at 17. Let me see how many 15s there are. There are no 16s. Oh, there's just the one, Sam Ryder. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand the trophy right now to one of those five guys because they're just lighting it up. Aberg and Cole shot 61 yesterday. And not to be outdone, Mackenzie Hughes said, hold my beer. He shot 60. That's just staggeringly good. Just absolutely, ridiculously good. I I admire the talent those guys have. And as a little earlier, I recognize the work that goes into that, too. I've, I've known a lot of really good golfers over the years. Uh but some of them who had more talent probably than a few of the professional golfers I've known even had more raw talent, but just didn't bother to develop it. And that's on them. That's on them. 713-212-5790. Speaking of golf, I wanted, I listened on Sunday mornings coming into the show a lot to the golf channel or the PGA Tour Network on satellite. Because I'm, I'm listening not only for myself, but from time to time, I'll come on onto something that I think I should share with you. And for those of you who do play the game, uh, there was a great discussion this morning on practice of putting. And I, I can already hear some of your eyelids slamming shut right now going, oh, God, this is just going to be boring as can be. And it probably would be if I was going to dwell on the subject for an hour. I don't think I could do an hour on putting. But what I what I mostly took from that exercise and or that listen, what I mostly came away with, uh, what was that? Oh, Andrew, Hurricane Andrew. Yes, thank you, Dennis. You're exactly right. That was just catastrophic down there in Florida. I appreciate you bringing it up because I could not come up with that. I couldn't have come up with that in a million Sundays. So when you are 
looking at your golf round and wondering why you're not scoring any better than you are. Gee, why? why? I'm, I'm out there on the range all the time, man. Well, that's part of the problem. You're on the range and you're not putting. Putting is half the game. You're supposed on an average par four hole. You're supposed to take two shots to get on the green. You got your drive, and then you got your approach. There, you're on the green now. Yay, you've done your job. Now you have two putts to make a par. That's fifty percent of your game. But most of the people I know, including myself to some degree, I, I tend to want to putt longer than than most before a round. But it's uh, because I've was I'm not as good a putter as I used to be, but because I was a good putter for a pretty long time, I kind of just take it for granted. I'll be all right. But I'll go over there now, and I'll spend a good... If I'm warming up full swings for 20 minutes, maybe 25 if I have time, I'll go over and putt for at least 10 and give myself a chance to get a feel for the green speed, to get a feel for the the slopes and and how the ball is going to react. And one of the things I heard those guys talking about that really struck home with me is how, how some people will say, Oh, I just, these greens are really slow today. I just can't get used to them. And they're already, they, they spent five minutes practicing their putting on a practice green that was cut to the same length. Then they went out and they've already played eight holes. And then they come on to a, a 12 foot putt and leave it three feet short or run it six feet by you've got to be ready to adjust to whatever greens you're playing on. And if you, in the first three or four putts past about six feet that you hit, can't make that adjustment, then you need to really, really start working on your putting. Really work on it. And there are all kinds of ways to make it a little less boring. Practice putting is horrible boring. It's just, it's excruciating. Almost like listening to somebody talk about it. I could take it. But if you don't do that, you're you're leaving strokes on the table. You you should be able to take those strokes off your scores. And it, it comes with practicing distance, which is it's not a matter of, of stroking the ball harder. It's a matter and this is something that a lot of the newer teachers uh, are kind of going against. My son was taught and and I stayed out of the way because I greatly respect the man Tommy O'Brien. I greatly respect the way he's teaching my son. Haven't seen him in a while. It's been it's been hard for us to get together, but he teaches a shorter stroke than I grew up with. And I I've, I've tried that way. I've tried the way that he's teaching my son, but I'm I'm kind of leaning right now one of the reasons I'm not putting as well is cuz I'm kind of stuck in some sort of a hybrid edition of what I'm trying to do. And it's frankly not working out that well. I'm still pretty good inside 10 feet. Uh, but I'm I'm having some struggles outside 15, 20 feet. And it's, a lot of it is distance. And my intention today is to go practice a lot of that. And, and just go and practice putting and chipping. Because my, my driver is... Boy, I don't want to jinx it. I got to knock on wood. My driver is cooperating right now, and it's been a while, and so I'm I'm just I'm just feel like I'm in the lap of luxury because I don't have to be scared that the ball is going to go 80 yards left or right off the tee. It feels so good to be able to just move that ball forward 
at least somewhere where I can still see it when it stops. Even if it's not in the fairway, I'm I'm good with that. I don't I've hit out of a rough enough times to know how to do that. But now I'm gonna go focus on that putting for a little while and see if I can't bring those numbers down. I got got that big St. Jude tournament coming up on the fourth. I gotta be ready for that. I wanna have some fun. I wanna be competitive. I don't think that the team I'm going to put together, I'm I'm flying Carter's Country's flags for that tournament, and I'm I'm enlisting a team that I think is going to be competitive, but I don't know that we'll have a chance to to beat some of those powerhouses that bring in there. You know, this is Mr. McElroy, Mr. Spieth, and Mr. Whoever Thomas, plus the guy who who bought the team. Yeah, that guy you can just sit in the cart. There's some good players at these things. There really are, man. And when you give them four shots at a hole in a scramble, it's birdie, 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 eagle, birdie, birdie, eagle, and it just keeps on going. I've been on teams like that before back in back in the day, and it's it's really fun. What I'm looking for now is a bomber. I need somebody who can hit fairways way down there, so we could just and I'll just go practice wedges. That's one of the reasons I'm going to do what I'm going to do for the next three four days. I'm just going to hit. From 140 in, and I'm gonna I'm gonna really dial those shots in, and then putt, and then let the let the younger, stronger guys with higher club head speeds. In my, I'm I'm still moving the ball pretty good, but not like I used to. So I'll I'll concede the tee box to them. I may have to be that old guy who hits first just to get one in the fairway. How embarrassing is that? Oh, I used to be the guy that waiting just, okay, you can free swing now. And whoo, here we go. No more of that. Holy cow, I'm late. Will, why didn't you tell me? Oh, I, man. <laughs> 713-212-5790-email me, Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Black Horse Golf Club is two courses, actually, the north and the south, up there off Fry Road. Just a little way south of 290. Very easy to find even in the fog, probably. I don't know. You, it, where I was living this morning, you could not have seen a, a, you couldn't have seen a wedge shot come down from where I was. You couldn't have seen a good chip come down. It was foggy. All of that's lifted off now. It's a beautiful day. And I, even over the holidays, because they have the two gorse, courses, they'll be able to get you out probably. You and a buddy? Sure, no problem. Come on up. Make a tea time. Go to the website. You can make a tea time right now. They have fantastic memberships, too. That's a great holiday gift idea to the golfer in your family if you live up that way. Get them a membership. That gets them preferred tea times. It gets them some little bonuses in the in the pro shop. It gets them unlimited range facility use, all of that. You got the Santa Hat Classic coming up in December. The clubs and the membership are going to raise funds to get nearly... 200 bicycles into the hands of deserving kids this Christmas. That's a great cause. Maybe you can go up there and participate in that and think about a membership when you do. They got a new superintendent, new chef, new golf pro. All came on board this year, and every one of those people is working in conjunction with Craig Hicks, the GM, to just make a good place even better. Every time I turn around, Craig's like, hey, guess what we did? Guess what we're doing? Go check out Black Horse. If you haven't been in quite a while, you'll be pleasantly surprised. It'll look very similar. It'll look very familiar. But just l- notice the little things as you go around. I really I really do like this facility. BlackHorseGolfClub.com is the website. BlackHorseGolfClub.com. 
We are Sports Talk 790. Houston Sports, where you go with iHeartRadio. Now, now, get more, Doug. Everybody, yeah. Rock your body, yeah. Everybody, yeah. Rock your body right. Back streets, back, all right. Had to do that, didn't you? All right, Will. This is all Will. He wanted to make it boy band Sunday. And, um, yeah, I, I told him, I said, beware, if you do this, you are likely to get some backlash. And he did it. So, lash away. He's got it coming. You know, Will, I, I don't know. I, I can remember some of that kind of stuff being played, the boy band stuff being played over the years, but not in not in large doses. And so we'll just see how it goes. I, I'm looking for pluses and minuses by email or by phone call if you really want to give him an earful and either cheer it or or jeer it, I guess would be the way to put that. I got to get this phone back over there and get it out. Okay, hold on. I need to check something real quickly, and that would be, ooh, holy cow. Oh, my goodness. I've got a, a last-minute invitation from Captain Mike Cacciotti. I may take him up on that. I'm going to have to du- – well, gosh. Uh, yes and no. That's a mm. – I don't know if I can do this. I wish I could. 713-212-5790. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. Let's go back a little bit and, and talk about some uh, – just some things that have been going on this year and things that have been on my mind and the the – conservation theme i'm not trying to i'm not trying to make anybody change the way they fish or hunt or do anything but i think it's really not a bad idea to to kind of reflect on changing attitudes amongst outdoorsmen and i've watched it long enough now that i'm i'm one of those old guys who remembers the old days and i'm not saying that they were better or worse but i do feel like there have been periods in my history as an outdoors person where things have been really, really super good, and then periods where it's been pretty tough. We have freezes that knocked out speckled trout populations. That was a downside, and it's happened several times in my lifetime. And they're typically, the the two worst, 83 and 89, those two winters really changed the just the, the the whole outlook on upper texas coast fishing anyway it didn't do as much it didn't do as much to change the lower coast but up here what it did was shine a big bright spotlight onto a particular fishery that had never really been quite uh accessed like it could have been and all of a sudden when there were really virtually not literally but virtually no trout in the bays to catch they were just it wiped out i don't know how many tens of thousands of fish between those two freezes and and little time to recover all of a sudden everybody wants to go tarpon fishing now we had been catching tarpon and been incidentally catching more than our share probably in the middle of east bay and and a little bit up toward galveston bay or the the upper reaches of galveston bay 
for many, many years, but it wasn't the target. The tarpon weren't the target. It was always speckled trout this, speckled trout that, because we had giant speckled trout all over the place. Uh, you, you've heard anybody who's been in the guide business for more than 20 years talk about how incredible it was. And th- these are all guys I fished with back when I was at the newspaper, and I got to see what they saw because I was in their boats and, and out of their boats waiting. And holy cow, there were some just gigantic trout, schools of them, thousands of them, swimming around six, eight pounders, routine. Routine. A lot of if you wanted smaller trout, yeah, we can go catch them by the by the dump truck load. And then these freezes came along and shut down a few year classes, and and even threatened to do worse damage to the species. Of course, nature has its way of bouncing back. But man, all of a sudden, wait a minute! Didn't somebody say there were tarpon in the Gulf? Let's go take a look at that. And that that downside gave birth to an amazing upside that really gave everybody something not only a little i can't say it's more fun than catching big trout but holy cow if you can't go catch big trout and you can catch 100 150 180 pound maybe a 200 pound tarpon two miles off the beach yeah that's we'll go do that sign me up throw me in that briar patch anytime I loved going out there and doing that. And I had a lot of fun running up and down that beachfront. Calm days, just a little ripple on the water maybe. You see the tarpon rolling. You go over, you get in front of them, get some baits down deep because it's hard to get them to eat up high when they're doing that. But the ones down at the bottom, down toward the bottom anyway, were the ones who would eat, that would eat lures. We threw a lot of lures at them. You'd be surprised how receptive those tarpon can be to lures if you put them in front of the right fish, I still want to get down and spend some significant time along the East Coast down in Florida when that mullet run comes up the beachfront. I've, I've only seen that once or twice, and I, I want to see it three more times before I die. It's just phenomenal. Uh, and they, they do very well over there. Same with catching snook from the beach. It's just you can stand on dry sand and sling a live mullet out there and catch big snook or a tarpon depending on where they are and when they are but over here those tarpon revived and rejuvenated the guide industry to the point that it kept a lot of these guys the better guides had to pivot they knew they had to pivot because there were no trout to go catch commercially and by commercial i mean guided trips they're making a living off the speckled trout not commercial harvest for sale and they figured it out. They had to buy some new equipment. They had to buy some different baits. They had to learn different tactics on the fly. And the best ones among them did. They spun it around so quickly. All of a sudden, all the guys who were fishing in in, Gal- in the Galveston Bay complex for 6, 8, 10, 12 years at that point, now they're up and down the beachfront every morning working those tarpon over. And, man, it was fun. Now the tarpon are still there. They are, and there are a lot of people chasing them and doing very well. But as these trout come back and get a little bit bigger and more fun, we're going to be right after them again. The, the, the word I hear from down south 
is that in one, maybe this winter, but certainly by next winter, if we don't have any disruption, if we don't have any issues uh, climate-wise that hurt that fishery, there's going to be, there are going to be a lot of big trout again. And that will take, I guarantee, I don't, I don't care how big a tarpon fisherman you are. If you're out there sitting there waiting for two or three bites a day on tarpon, and all you hear on the radio and on your cell phone is how everybody up in the bays is catching five to eight pound trout again, yeah, you're going to spool them up and come on inshore. Most of these guys I know will anyway. There are, there are a few people who are diehards about one species no matter what's going on. Flounder, flounder people are like that. If you're, a, if you're a fanatic, a flounder fanatic... You couldn't care less about a red trout or a redfish or a speckled trout. You, you're the flounder person in the group. If you're a redfish guy, you don't listen to anything people say about how there's too many redfish or they're, they're not as good this or not as tasty that. You just love redfish. I, I saw some videos this week, actually, of some redfish coming out of the bays that were just absolute monsters. And yes, I'm, con- I'm, keenly aware that they will eat sometimes some speckled trout but so will a lot of things in the bays that's it's not a it's not a, just a, a redfish issue and fortunately nature's going to take care of us and make sure we have enough trout to go around for the for the bottlenose dolphins for the redfish for everybody all right we got to take a little break here on the way out i'll tell you about belleville meat market this time of year featuring the jalapeno pecan smoked sausage and the three cheeses pecan smoked sausage. You can try them before you buy them. All you got to do is walk in there and grab a toothpick and with one hand, stab a little piece of sausage with the other, grab your wallet. Uh, Kevin, hang on. We'll get to you in just a second. I'm sure he's, I don't know what he's doing because I can't see the camera, but he'll, there he is. How about that? You can also get that lunch anytime out there. They're open 10A to 7P, seven days a week. If you're out there, you can get lunch or dinner, depending on what you want to call it and when you get there. They've got that smoked pulled pork that is absolutely delicious. They've got brisket. They've got sausage. They've got turkey. All the things you would imagine in a an award-winning barbecue restaurant are right there because that's kind of what they do. All day, every day. Wild game processing year-round, but this time of year, of course, the building catty-cornered from the main meat market is devoted entirely to that. Entirely to wild game processing because there are that many people smart enough to take their deer out to Belleville Meat Market. They're on Highway 36 between about 15 minutes south of Sealy or south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy. Very easy to find out there. And you will not be disappointed when you go. If you've got somebody you really care about, by the way, get online and send them one of the gift baskets that's available at Belleville Meat Market. You will be send yourself one. You know, while you're, you know, there's all kinds of things you can get for yourself. But if you're hungry, uh, go to that website and order two of them and have them sent to yourself, and then just sit there and just devour them one little item at a time. BellevilleMeatMarket.com is a website, 42 years taking care of people all over Southeast and Central Texas. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Meatmarket.com. This is Sports Talk 790. On the go with iHeartRadio. Friends, you've got to try it. The conversation continues. This is the Doug Pike Show. Sports Talk 790. I guess technically, Billy Joel, a boy band, a boy with a band and a piano, he could probably do 99% of what he does without the band. Just him and his piano. He's a fairly talented person, they say. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, I'm going to go straight to Kevin. He's been holding there for a while. Let me fix this up. Hey, Kevin, what's up, man? Not much. How you doing this weekend? Doug? I'm all right. What's going on? Hey, I uh, just wanted to tell you, I heard you talking about the tarpon a while ago. Oh, yeah. A um, couple days ago, I was making my rounds at the Inland Parks or Brazoria County Parks Department. Yeah. And there was a guy that I was talking to that pulled up in the main part of the park uh, with his fishing gear and everything and said he had been over at the boat ramp um, dock and throwing the cast net, and he caught some juvenile tarpon in his mm-hmm. cast net. And that's, that's probably uh, eight or ten miles at least up the Bernard River. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah, I, I, at first I didn't believe him, and he was like, I thought maybe he had caught some ladyfish or something. Uh-huh. Then, well, he went out, proceeded to go out to the, the fishing pier dock there in the main part of the park where I was patrolling. And a little while later, I heard him yelling, yelling at me, and um, I went over there to where he was at. And he, lo, lo and behold, he had three little baby tarpon oh, in the word. cast net. You're kind of letting a little, between, you're letting a little secret out, really, but that's okay. Ten to fourteen inches. Oh, I mean, wow. that's that, in all my years down here. That's the first time I've ever heard of Bernard, of um, tarpon being up in the Bernard River. You know, I, there's I some I, somebody I know very well who's a very good fisherman has has kind of intimated that and, and talked about that. Then you know, I mean, where there's babies, there's mamas, and oh yeah, there's some pretty yeah. There, that's those aren't the only three tarpon in the San Bernard River. <laughs> well, he caught he caught um, probably five or six in about an hour's time. Oh my so gosh! At, at two different two different locations. That's that really is encouraging, you know. Holy yeah, cow! Is. Wow. Well, I talked to another buddy of mine that his dad used to fish the tarpon rodeo back in Freeport in the sixties. Sure. Yeah. That he said they used to catch big tarpon in the Bernard back then. Mm-hmm. But in all my years growing up here, I've never even heard of anybody jumping a tarpon in the Bernard. Most of the I've ones that book. I that I heard about being caught were maybe say twenty to forty pounds. But I yeah. man, if there's if they're spawning up in there, I don't I don't know how big tarpon have to be before they pull off a first spawn. But whatever it is, it's happening. That's great news. Holy cow! Yeah, very good. Yeah, I know. I've I've, I've probably jumped fifteen or twenty in the. In the Brazos River, up yeah, up river, yeah, yeah. warm water discharge that they congregate up in there. The yeah, and I jumped one seven eight footer out in front of Wolf Island one day. Oh my it lord! Ended up, <laughs> it ended up spooling me. Took every I'm bit of sure. line that I had. I was, yeah. it was like I took a butter knife to a sword fight. Yeah, take your rod and reel if you let go. <laughs> just 
yep. and never slow yep. down. Yeah, a big yep. old fish like that is just fantastic. That's good news, man. I'm glad to hear that, Kevin. Yep. I really am. All right, Doug. Well, I just wanted to call and iterate that. And then, Holy uh, cow! Wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your your holiday slash vacation. I will, man. Yeah, but that story put a smile on my face. It really did. I love tarpon fishing. I do. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Yeah. Care, happy buddy. Thanksgiving, man. Adios. You too. Oh my goodness, that that bodes well. That bodes well for the coming years. Those fish will, they're going to get bigger. They are hungry little hippos, they are, those little tarpon. That's fantastic. The first experience I had with little tiny tarpon actually was down in the Cayman Islands. And I think I've, I know I've told the story before, and, and some of you hopefully haven't heard it yet. But I was down there on, on business, actually, many, many years ago. This would have been around 1980, maybe, somewhere in there. And maybe set maybe the late seventies even, and I was staying at a place called what was it called the Cayman Sands. It was just eight or ten little bungalows on Seven Mile Beach. One of the only three or four properties, three or four hotel or accommodations properties on that entire stretch of sand. The rest was just sand still. That's how long ago that was. If you've been down there lately. And I, I came out of my bungalow one morning and saw a little kid sitting over in a kind of a brackish lagoon, a tidal pool that was probably an acre or so in size and maybe had been uh, helped to get that big by some excavation as they were building the property, just something pretty to look at. And in that little pool, there was uh, this kid was just taking little dough balls. He had a half a loaf of bread there with him. He'd take a dough ball and throw one out, and these fish were coming up and popping on those dough balls. And after about the third one, he had a little, just a little small, lightweight rod and reel with him. And he had just a single little hook tied at the end, and he would mash one of those dough balls onto one of the hooks and then cast that out there, a little spinning rig, and catch a fish. Wow, I got to go see what that is. And I walked over, and he was catching tarpon on dough balls. And these things were, oh, 16 to 20 inches long. Maybe a, maybe a big one would have been a two-footer. And there were enough of them out there that I was gung-ho and ready to go. I needed to go find myself a rod and reel. And so I called the front desk. I said, "Where can I? this was on a Sunday, bear in mind. Where could I go get a rod and reel right now? Ooh, I don't know. Nothing's really open on Sunday except the pharmacy. I said, okay, call me a cab. I'm going to the pharmacy. And I, I, I think that was, I don't know. And somehow, some way, I end up in this pharmacy, and they actually sold some fishing tackle. And, and I spent an incredibly large amount of money on a beat-up piece of garbage rod and reel. And immediately got back there and went to the I went to the uh wherever and got some bread too. I think that that was kind of like a, a one-stop shop. That was the only thing that was open. So it had a little everything. So I've come back with a loaf of bread and a big smile on my face. Long story short, because I don't want to make Will upset, ended up catching a couple of those little tarpon with that kid and it was awesome. I could I could have sat there and done that all day. All right, we gotta take a little break here on the way out I'll tell you about Timber Creek Golf Club on FM 2351 in Friendswood. 27 holes. All fun, all easy to play. You just stand on that tee box for 10 seconds. You can see exactly where you're supposed to hit the ball. 
if you're not hitting many of them where you're supposed to, maybe after the round or before your next round, get out there and take yourself over to the training center next door to the big practice range there. It's a big 10 building. You can't miss it. David Pilsner runs that thing. He's got a great staff of people over there who can make sure that your game gets better as you continue to go visit them. Great place for you and a buddy to just jump on right now, make a tee time online. FM 2351, like I said, just a couple of miles west of the Gulf Freeway. TimberCreekGolfClub.com is the website. TimberCreekGolfClub.com. This is Sports Talk 790. Online at Sports790.com. Now, more Doug Pike. You're a rich girl and you're gone too far because you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man's money. It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far because you know it don't matter anyway. Say money, money 9.48 on Sports Talk 790, the final edition of the program before the Thanksgiving holidays. Thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. No fooling. Aaron's on his way home. He's bringing the crew back all the way from Colorado, going over the mountains today. Uh, good luck. It says snowing up there, too. Holy cow. That's not. I don't need to worry about that. In the snow. Boy, I had, I had enough trips up to Colorado ski resorts back when I was at the newspaper to know that I really prefer Park City now. And you, just Utah in general, because that ride over the pass in Colorado on a van full of strange with a van full of strangers, and were and also to be redundant on a van full of strangers, that can be kind of a harrowing experience. Uh, you just get stuck in traffic. If they close that pass. You, you have no option but to just sit there in the snow waiting for them to reopen it. And it's frustrating. And I'm not, I don't work for Park City. But man, I sure had some awesome trips up there. And when, once you land there in Salt Lake City, it's about maybe a 40-minute ride. A very comfortable interstate, almost always open 40-minute ride from the airport to the, to the beginning of your fun weekend or week or whatever i fell in love with that place just if for nothing else for that reason i'm not so i'm not such a skilled snowboarder that i can tell you the different snow conditions from mountain to mountain uh, but i know that i like to be there and not stuck on a stuck on a a highway somewhere i'd much prefer to be at the resort than in a van full of eight or ten people, and in my old man condition, feeling the need to use the facilities somehow and, and just having absolutely no possible way to do it. 713-212-5790. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. In Lion News, I saw this this week, and I didn't mention it on 50+. plus. I had it kind of pegged up and teed up over there. Uh, but a lion actually escaped from a circus somewhere in Italy, just took a stroll around town. It took the authorities seven years, and I don't know how many people's worst nightmare unfolding right in front of them. It took them seven hours to close in on that thing and sedate it with a tranquilizer dart. 
Will, how close have you ever been to a lion? A real, no fooling lion? I can't. What microphone are you on now? Every day. That's much There's better. Two microphones in here. Well, yeah. And is that confusing you? It is. <laughs> You're not used to working in any studio, but just just your little your little personal cubbyhole, are you? I love it. You got to be able to broaden your horizons, Will. No. What are your plans for the holidays? I, I deal with this every week, Tuesday through Friday. What are your plans for the holidays? I'm almost scared to ask. Oh, I'm having uh, Thanksgiving dinner with the family. Wonderful. You know uh, what I think you should do just to celebrate this small victory in in your world in the last few weeks? I think you should go home and take like a a two-hour hot shower and just relish in the fact that you have a water heater again. I did. Yesterday, I took a a nice 30-minute long shower. Awesome. How long were you without a water heater? 17 days. Oh, my God. You know, and that's such a that's such a first world problem to have, isn't it, really? You know, just, I know my water heater doesn't work. And and then a lot of people in the world don't even have drinking water. Oh, we are so spurled over here, are we not? Yes. Thanksgiving is coming up, man. And I can I can guarantee you half of this audience, first of all, half of this audience is in a deer stand or a duck blind right now. Or a third is in the deer stand of the duck blind. Another third is on a boat or wading a shoreline or standing on a pier or otherwise soaking bait. And a few people have still some chores to do before they can go do the aforementioned things they'd like to do. Maybe go play some golf or something. But we're going to get in our licks this week. I used to I used to actually look forward to working the week of Thanksgiving because the traffic was zero. You could just zip around. And I was a little surprised this morning that the the authorities didn't take advantage of light traffic today to go ahead and finish whatever work they're trying to do on the loop because yesterday it was closed down. I thought, good, two more days of this, and maybe we'll have two full lanes just free freewheeling around from 59 onto 610 North. It didn't happen. It just didn't happen. We're not there yet. <sighs> I'm glad for all of you. I appreciate all of you being here. I really do. And especially on a, a holiday week. And boy, I got a fishing invitation too just a few minutes ago that I'm sadly probably not going to be able to accept. I've already said no. And I, I'm thinking it over 10 different ways in my head. But it just, it, it came in just after. Yesterday, my son and I and my wife sat down and said, okay, here's what we have to do on Monday. And I went ahead and conceded and and locked it in, as they say, on the wall. I'm, I, that's my answer, and I'm locking it in. And then, sadly, mm, I get a great invitation. I'll see if I can reschedule it. Go ahead and put him on hold, Will. I'll talk to him. I know who that is. Come on, Will. Fix him up. Hook him up. Let's go. I gotta get. I gotta get in contact with Will. He's chit-chatting with Lamont, and I want to hear what Lamont's got to say. He's always got good stuff. There we go. Hey, Lamont, what's up, man? Hey, uh, how's it going, Doug? Uh, oh, good. Uh, just, just calling, um, heard a couple of callers uh, and, and yourself talking about Brazos being State Park. I'm actually at Brazos being right now, but Are I had you? a funny story. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I go out there to walk. I, I take my Louisville sluggle, uh, sluggers just in case. 
uh, uh, alligator <laughs> come running out. You uh, you're going to need a longer bat, man. I've seen some of those alligators. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty freaking big, man. Yeah, they are. Uh, but, but what I didn't know about Brazos being State Park, uh, I want to say it was open. It had to be about a, a week or two ago. Uh, uh, I went out there to go walk. Yeah. And the park was closed. And I was like, yeah. uh, okay, they must be closed because they got a lot of rain. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I know uh, what the it guy, is. uh, the. The rain, the ranger at the uh, uh, what you call um, at the front at the front uh, uh, entrance mm-hmm. told me that they closed because they closed for hunting. Yes, sir. So, they, uh, they do manage deer I, hunts I, I down had, there. I had no idea that uh, uh, you could hunt out there. Uh, yeah. uh, well, and, and it's a lottery system. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, they have to keep that herd managed so that they don't get too many deer and leave them incapable of finding all the food they need. So I think it's one or two weekends a season. That they just shut it down on Friday and then reopen, I guess, on Monday once the deer hunters clear out. But, you, yeah, it is kind of a lottery system. And if you get drawn, they will put you in a spot where they're pretty sure you're going to see some deer because they need to get those deer out of there. And it's some real huge deer. Uh, yeah, uh, I know. Uh, Am, uh, Am's Lake, uh, uh, I was walking through there yesterday uh, mm-hmm. uh and I seen one that was, I, I don't know the lingo or anything, That's but it was right. big. Yeah, just it, a big it, old was, it was definitely big. Wow. Yeah, but I, I had no idea that they closed the park down. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let people go in there and do their thing. Yeah, a lot of a lot of state parks they do that because that's the that's the best management tool they have to keep that herd at a level where the land that they're on can provide for them through a hard winter or anything else. You've got to have enough food for them all, and if you just let the population keep going, like a lot of city slickers think is going to be great for them, they'll end up either getting disease. Or they'll starve to death, one or the other. And neither one of those two things is pretty. I'm glad you brought that up, Lamont, because I haven't talked about that in a long time. I I knew I could count on you to do something good for me today, and you did. Thank you. Oh, he hung up. Oh, man. Well, happy Thanksgiving, Lamont. Thank you for bringing that up. That's, That's so relevant to a lot of the things that I talk about with conservation and making sure that we keep these animal herds of ours in the state of Texas at their maximum levels to where they can all get enough to eat, but not too many of them are there and eat each other out of house and home. That's the thing about starvation and disease. It just doesn't happen one animal at a time. Starvation will go through there and wipe the herd virtually down to nothing and then give it, nature's in no hurry, give it 10, 15 years to recover if it needs it. Or we can just maintain the herd by hunting and getting enough animals out of there that they, the ones who are there, or that that are still there, are super healthy, and they'll be back next year to make more baby fawns and all that good stuff. That's it for me. I will be back in a week, mm-hmm. maybe a while, on this show. Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Be safe and spend some time outdoors with your family. All right. See you then. Thank you. Adios. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.